All right, so let's, let's <laughs> he don't even know what I'm talking about today. You see how God does it? He don't even know. What you, what you crying for? <laughs> Your big cry baby over there? You see, Mr. James? Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, for someone that came to church talking about how they don't cry. Look, but that was your old story. Yeah, God got a new story, right? Let's go to Romans 12, and let's get into this word. Uh, we've been talking about God's masterpiece for the last six, six weeks or so. Probably talk about it all the way up in the fast week. You know, fast week is coming up, right? Yeah, so uh, fast week is when we go from Monday through Sunday. Uh, you know, again, we're fasting. We're trying to cut out the things of the flesh to hear from the spirit. So not just what you eat, because some people don't eat anyway. Um, uh, but just the things, you know, your entertainment and things that you enjoy so we can lock in on the spirit. So sometimes we say we can't hear God because we have a lot of extra noise. So once a quarter, we have Fast Week uh, as an opportunity to uh, not just to reset, but to grow even closer to his presence. When Pastor Mel said, uh, we want more, and she says, now, think about it. Some of you say, what do you want more of? I was like, more of his presence. That's what I was sitting back there saying. And, um, and so it's a good week where, you know, through the actual week, I don't share. We have people from the church. They could have been here four months or four years but it's been a powerful opportunity for us to, you know, uh, hear from God from the various vessels of the church. So uh, each night we have service from a 7 to 9 or so. Uh, somebody speaks from 7 to 7.45 and somebody else speaks from 7.45 to 8.30. So, so some of our speakers, I just put all y'all on the spot here. So I think we have, uh, let me see, we got uh, Alfreda. Uh, we have... Kiera, so we got the, the mother and daughter. Yeah, don't act like you, you, you don't want to celebrate the fact that your brothers. All right. All right, we have, uh, hold on, hold on, don't tell me. So, oh, Gerard. Yeah. Uh, we got the Knight sisters, so Venetia and Amelia Knight. Hold on, let me see who else. So we got Minister Lamar, <laughs> Minister James. We have uh, David Woods. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Patanza Lomax. Yeah, I was going to get her last. Patanza Lomax. Oh, Tiana. Kizzy, see, see your people back there made sure I didn't forget you, right? So, uh, at the end, Pastor Melanie, of course. And then I get to seal it out on Sunday. Did I forget anybody? Oh, oh, Jakir. Let's not forget Jakir. Yeah. You know, from the youth, Jakir, you know, so I, that'll be cool. All right, so I, so I think God, uh, God purpose, you know, some of the ministers and some other people were sprinkled in because God uh, wants to do something in particular this March. So, um, so God knew that they were spending some time, you know, they'd be trying to sit on stuff just in case, you know, we're out of town or something. 
you know, so God was like, nah, I'm going I'm to I'm surprise y'all. Y'all going to share some of that right away. So uh, that's something we do every quarter. The next one will be June. But please come out and support your brothers and sisters. Uh, and, like, set yourself apart fast. You believe in for stuff. You're trying to hear from God. Trying to get out of that mess. Um, set yourself apart, all right? Oh, and I get to seal it all on Sunday. So on Sunday, we're, or the Sunday after the fast, we're going to be talking about the best for last. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't saying it like that. Like, I wasn't saying, like, I was the best for last. I, was, I wasn't even thinking that. See how y'all minds be working? I was just, that's cute, though, but I wasn't thinking that. Nah, it's, it's a setup for something that we need to realize. Uh, actually, uh, the Lord uh, reminded uh, or pulled it uh, to say that we need to talk about it. I was having a conversation with Minister James. Um, just uh, some things God is doing in his life, you know. Just, you know, while he was, you know, been sitting behind the scenes out there, out there uh, with the sheep in the wilderness, taking care of the sheep being attacked by bears and lions, but nobody's seeing nothing that he's doing behind the scenes, you know. Everybody else all up front, and, you know, God decided, God was just, just preparing them as he's saving the best for last. He ain't the only one, right? Right, so uh, looking forward to that, right? I'm sure you guys will be looking forward to it also. All right, so Romans 12, I gave you enough time to get to Romans 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. A little bit more, Marcus. Just two. Uh, and ver uh, verse 1 says this. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Right? So that's different than a sacrifice every once in a while. I, I live in this. This, this, is, this is actually who I am. This is not something that I'm trying to do. Right? A living sacrifice. So it's, it's, it's a lot different than every once in a while, I'm going to do God a favor and do something right, positive. You know, to, you know what, this week, this week, I'm going to read the Bible. You know, I'm going to read the Bible. You know, I'm going to look out for you, God. I'm going to read the Bible. Now, that's not how we roll it, see? We're, this is how we live, you know, getting our daily bread, right? This is not something that I'm visiting, right? And it says, look, this of a living sacrifice, and this is what that living sacrifice looks like. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, that means the least we can do. At the very least, we can present ourselves to God, right? Holy and acceptable unto God. So, there's things that we are okay with that's acceptable unto us. I'm okay with this, but it's God. There's things everybody else is, man. Isaac, man, man. You know, I remember what you was doing, but I see what you're doing now, man. That's pretty sweet. So it's acceptable to them, but it's, it's acceptable with God. What's your measure? Remember, we talked about this before. You could be running a race, looking left and right, and you can finish the finish line ahead of them, but behind you. Faster than them and slower than you. Right? Because if you was just, see, see, the thing about running, running track, you're in your lane, right? Ain't nobody else in there. So, so what's the goal? To run as fast as you can. Not better than them. <laughs> see, so sometimes we're so busy looking around, we're not just looking straight ahead, 
and going all out. Or as uh, uh, Gerard was saying in our health meeting, he says, is a phrase I've always told uh, athletes and players. I was like, so, so this one guy played overseas for a while. Before he went overseas, we were playing in this summer program together. And uh, so, so I got to meet him. I was mentoring to him. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you ever left the court and felt like there was more points I could have scored or more assists or more rebounds? He's like, yeah, how you know? I said, because I've been watching you. I said, you're leaving a whole lot on, on the court. I said, you ever just try emptying out? Like emptying out. So I'm not trying to be better than them. I'm just trying to empty out all that's in me. Right? Man, I gave this example too. I shared this when we were talking about uh, I don't want to grow up on Wednesday nights at 7, 7 p.m. I don't want to grow up. Don't run from the message. Show up so you can grow up. Right? And so I was sharing with them how... Uh, when I was coming up in, in, in Newark, New Jersey, I was a code enforcement officer. So we went through training, and you have to take a test. You were talking about that today, right? Uh, Mr. James, you get a job, but we actually went through training. And so, you, you know, you grow up in certain cultures, and you size people up, right? Right? Especially where we're from, right? Right, Jarrell? You know, you just size people up. So because we were from, we're from the hood, any, anybody that wasn't, you kind of like, you ain't got no flavor, you ain't got no swag, or especially wannabes, you know, wannabes, right? Yeah. Want to be something that they're not, right? And so the guy that's training us doesn't line up with what we consider flavor, swag. You know, his name was, uh, his last name was Jim, uh, uh, was it Jimbrowski or something like that, whatever his name was. So we ain't even really taking this dude serious. And so he's taking us around, so he took us to this sweatshop. Uh, again, he's training us. And we're like, man, why are we wasting this time in here? But we're inspectors, and he put us in there to see what we can pick up. And we go, it's a sweatshop. They make leather. And so we're about to leave out, and he tells the owner, he says, hey. He says, hey, what's back there? And it looked like a little closet, right? And so, so I'm saying to myself, why are you bothering this dude, man? Why, why are we wasting our time trying to investigate some closet? Open the closet up. There was packs of people in there making uh, L.A. gear. You know, I don't know if y'all remember L.A. gear, but it was, a, it was a pretty serious brand. I'm like, you wouldn't think nobody's in that room. They packed in there. If a fire took place, they all dying. And so, so the guy says, oh, come on, uh, whatever, uh, Lebrowski or whatever, man, you always getting on me. So we, so we think we're leaving again. He says, hey, hey, what's over there? And it looked like uh, some type of storage shed, like when you put a couple boxes. Open that up. There was people in there making, like, almost like Gloria Vanderbilt clothing. Like it wasn't, this wasn't sorry clothes. He found three place sweatshops in this leather-making factory. He was trying to teach us there's stuff that you can't see. And we were so overconfident that we, you know, we from the street. We pick up stuff. We can see stuff. This weak guy, what does he know? All right, so we take our test now. We take our test. I didn't study. Uh, that morning I get up. I looked over the information. And so the next week we get back our results. So I, I got like a 90, I don't know, three, four or something. And so my boys was like, what you got? I was like, 90-something. It's like, man, you really studied it. It's like, nah, I just looked over it right before the test. 
He walks in, he hears what I says. He says, uh, Mr. Bradley. I said, yes, sir. He says, I see you got a, a 90-something on a test. He said, but I heard you say you didn't study. He said, you ever thought about what you really could do? I never heard that before. I wasn't living life for what I could do. I was living life for what I can get over on. What could I get away with? What's the bare minimum that's going to allow me to pass? That's going to get me in? Not every time I show up, I'm emptying out. It changed how I looked at even basketball. Because basketball is just like, was I better than him? He scored 15, I scored 30. But I learned something. I was in West 4th Street, New York. And uh, after game, one of the guys came to me. And he, says, uh, he says, man, you only had a good game. He said, man, I scored 45. And he said, I played against, they both name was Ice. Everybody's name was Ice. <laughs> I was like, you didn't cancel each other out. I said, so how much did Ice score? He said, Ice scored 45. I said, what? I said, y'all don't cancel each other out. I said, no, 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 no. I scored 45, you scored nothing. See, because I had learned, empty out. Be the best you can be. You got, you got that so far. Presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, right? And remember, we've been talking about God's masterpiece and how God has details in all his strokes, right? Details. And so, 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 so and then we talked about how these strokes, the way we harmonize with God's stroke is don't get in the way of it, be obedient. Harmonize and flow with God's stroke. But sometimes when we introduce our fears or our control or, or our own understanding, we're trying to add to God's stroke. So we don't get God's masterpiece. We get what? Our messy piece, right? All right we talked about that already, right? And so, so, so I, I found out something. When we discover that disobedience is a requirement, a lot of times we do something uh, that we call premature disobedience. And that's, that's like our systematic good deeds. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, we do something positive. And then we convert that and say, hey, that got me in. I did a good deed. These are godly things. No, 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 no. Good deeds are necessarily God deeds. We already know bad deeds aren't, right? But good deeds aren't. It's, it's about obedience. God's precise stroke, right? So you can put the right color in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about a masterpiece here. Has to be precision or precise, right? Does that make sense? So, so again, when we talk about presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, it costs all of our canvas to receive all of his design. So you can't present some of yourself for God to put it, to paint his masterpiece on. You got to present all of yourself, right? So you got to wipe out the canvas, right? Uh, 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 what's the scripture y'all read today? John 3.30, but y'all read it a different version. Y'all read it, what was the living Bible? And so what does the living Bible say? John 3.30? I don't need the something, I need it precise. See how we doing? He was great, great, something, something, something. No, we need it precise. Anybody know? The, the praise team, uh, uh, y'all know, don't y'all? 
today. <laughs> y'all don't know. Y'all don't even know, right? John, John 3.30. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Marcus. Thank you for the production team back there. Look, it says he, he must be, become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Now, we know the King James Version says what? I must decrease and he must increase. So that's how I got to wipe out all of what I'm adding on the canvas and clear the slate so all of his masterpiece can be painted on all his strokes. Right? Does that make sense? John 3.30. Thank you. Thank you, production team, for looking out for us back there. People over here struggling. I don't know. What scripture was that? All right. So a living sacrifice, not just favorable, not just situational, not just systematic sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. So not just favorable, not just situational. Because sometimes we situationally sacrifice, right? Sometimes we do good deeds. I'm going to look out for you, right? And then sometimes we just, as a system, we, we have rituals that we operate in. We never check to God for obedience. So sometimes we do stuff with family because what? Oh, that's fam. That's fam. Did God tell you to do that? Because sometimes you're getting in the way of that person learning their lesson. Right? So you, you, you're preventing God from making his strokes in their life. Right? All right? All right. We talked about that in the whole parenting thing. We'll, we'll skip that for right now. Right, now, now. Now, so what happens if I sometimes mess up a stroke? Right? Uh, so, Kalina, you paint, right? So painting is different from drawing, like what I used to do with the pencil. Because with the pencil, what's the difference? You can erase it. Painting, you can't necessarily erase it. She said you can wipe it, but you can't erase it. But sometimes it's hard to wipe. So so you have to continue with your strokes until it is gone, right? Right? So when you was doing your, your uh, painting that day, she just gave you instructions with paint and strokes that almost made it look like what you had was gone, right? That's what God does when he works all things together for good, right? Romans eight twenty eight, right? All right, so you see that, right? All right, so again, this, 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 let's go to 2 Corinthians because this is, this is what happens when we're disobedience, because we said obedience is what? Yielding to God's stroke, right? Disobedience would be, imagine God making strokes and you grabbing his hand, you know, like, <laughs> or, or grabbing the brush, you know, no, 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 do it like this, God, no, stop, right? Imagine that, you know, God, God doing his thing, and you, oh, hey, that's when you lean to your own understanding, when you get into fear, when you panic, because you think this stroke, like, like you're not going to be able to maintain that stroke. <laughs> so you, you try to control it. No, 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 not yet, God, not yet. Wait till I'm ready. Right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 10, because we think these strokes or this, this level of obedience, we talked about that in Guy Talk Saturday, 10 a.m. on the conference line. But we talked about that uh, young man, Mo. That's his name, right, Lou? Well, Lou probably went to take pictures in another location. Uh, but it's Mo, right? And so young man was talking about obedience yesterday. And so I just was just thinking about this the whole time. Like, you know, obedience is allowing God's strokes in our life. 
so he can create his masterpiece. But let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Look, it says, and having in, inside of us, a readiness to revenge all, how much? All, all disobedience when what? Your obedience is fulfilled. So sometimes we're not allowing God's stroke and we go, well, statue of limitations, that's gone by. So, I, so I'm good, <laughs> right? Josh, I'm good. I, you know, hey, missed that one. <laughs> Well, nothing I can do about it now. It's over. No, 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 no. That obedience and that stroke is still waiting on us. Right? So I I think about this. uh, uh, We were in service in Ohio one time, and I'm sitting in there, and uh, we had this foreign exchange student, and God told me to give this student uh, the money that was in my pocket. And so I kind of, okay, transparently, I... (laughs) I said this is what I heard. I didn't even really try to lock into exactly what God said. So I went in my pocket and I gave a person $20. So what did I do? I gave money in my pocket. But what didn't I do? Give them all the money in my pocket. So I'm driving home, you know, and the Holy Spirit jumped right in the car. He's like, what are you doing? Now I stopped at Wendy's on the way home, you know, because I called my wife. It's like, anybody want anything to eat? Then the Lord said, why didn't you give that person all the money in your pocket? And at the time, I, had, I think I had like a couple hundred in my pocket. So I, I, the conviction hit me so hard. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry. So I called my wife. I said, babe. I said, I missed it. I was supposed to give this person all the money. I didn't. I said, so on Sunday, I got to give them the money. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and then I had to calculate what I spent at Wendy's too, you know. So Sunday comes, person's not there. Okay. We had three services. We had Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wednesday comes, person's not there. Friday, person's not there. Next Sunday, the person's not there. Next Wednesday, the person's not there. The next Friday, the person's not there. So I'm going, two weeks don't went by. What you want me to do? I can't make the person here. So I'm figuring what? Statue of limitations. Right? Yeah, they missed a window. I'm no longer responsible for that obedience. So I used to do a basketball program I did for 13 years. And so I was getting plaques for the basketball program, like, well, framing um, certificates. And so I would go to one store, they didn't have enough frames. So it sent me to another store. Uh, it was a family dollar or something like that. So I walk in the store. As soon as I walk in the store, who do you think was in line? this particular person. So I called my wife up. I said, babe, that young lady is in line. So I went in my pocket. I said, listen, the guy told me to do something at church. You know, my wife was on the phone. I said, so I don't know if I had to talk to her or something. So I went in my pocket. I didn't even count the money. I said, well, I was supposed to give you a certain amount. Here, here you go. Um, uh, but there's more I'm supposed to give you. So when I did that, the Lord said, what are you doing? Go in your pocket. You got all that money. Now, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe the flesh was like, come on, bro. You about, about to empty your pockets here. What about tomorrow? Right? 
And so, so I went in the pocket and I actually had all, all the money the person was owed. Gave the person money. Uh, uh, my wife talked to her. We talked to her. You know, obviously, she was like, oh, my God, because she's just minding her business. Look at this. I could have got to the store any other time. She wouldn't have been in line. If I'd have got there early or late. So, so what are the chances, right? All right, so, so we do that. The next Sunday, I have the award ceremony, right? So give the awards out. So, so, so this was youth. So the youth wanted to be a blessing to me. But they're youth, you know, they ain't working. You know, so they created, <laughs> with all due respect. So they created this, uh, this, <laughs> this picture. I was called, the, believe it or not, it was called the AIRS program, you know, but an acronym, um, you know, obviously uh, join AIRS, but uh, hoop and expression in a royal rap session, right? And so they, they created like a lion and they had their pictures over the top of the lion with me underneath them. It was so touching. So I broke down and started crying. Well, I break down and start crying. All of a sudden, somebody comes out of the audience and gives me some money. Well, then somebody else comes and gives me some money. Now, our church at that time was, 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 uh, was at least close to 1,000. I had grown to like 3,500. It was close to 1,000. So then somebody else comes out. Then somebody else comes out. I think maybe an hour and a half went by of people just coming up speaking blessings of how I blessed their life and giving me money. God told, told me after the service, you thought I was trying to t- get, take something from you that day. I was trying to get something to you. The point is your obedience in God's strokes helps him to do, finish his masterpiece, right? We think it's, it's taking something from us. So we try to control it. We try to forget about it. We try to pretend we don't need to do it, right? I just use me. Now, some of y'all got some obedience to do, all right? And you can't be looking at, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just go to 1 Samuel 5, right? 1 Samuel 5. Because remember, sometimes we think good deeds is God deeds, right? But the strokes are precise. They're, 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 they're strokes of precision. So we got to do exactly what God told us. Look how God just made sure, no, you're going to give exactly what I told you to get. No more, no less. See, somebody gets uneasy every time God talks about something like that. You know why? Because you know you're not being obedient to what God told you to do. All right, so it says here, and I ain't say no names, did I? Okay, good. First Corinthians, I mean, First Samuel 15, and we'll start here. Again, we're talking about God's masterpiece and sometimes how we get in the way because we don't harmonize with those strokes of obedience, right? Remember, we talked about excellence last week, attention to detail. Uh, Minister James and, and Jeanette, they talked about it in our health meeting, just the, uh, the value of excellence, right? All right, so let's look at 1 Samuel 15, and we'll start here at verse 19. Guys, you with me, right? It says, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry, I got to give you the backdrop because we're not going to read through the whole story. But the backdrop is Samuel tells Saul, hey, you guys go in, take out the king. Uh, don't take none of their stuff, though. And they should have learned a lesson from Joshua and them when they took the curse thing, right? Don't take none of their stuff. Just, just wipe everything out. And Samuel goes away. Samuel comes back and... He hears like sheep. He's like, who's sheep are those? 
He was like, oh, we, we just got the best sheep. We got the best sheep. We kept, kept a little gold for the kingdom, you know. Not, no big deal. You know, we pretty much did what God told us to do for the most part, right? In verse 19 here it says, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and this evil in the sight of God? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed. Now Saul's response to Samuel says, yeah, it says, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agai, the king of Amalek, ain't told me to bring the king, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. It says, but the people took the spoil. Now he's blaming them. It says, the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief or the best, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. So it says, yeah, we took stuff but it's so we can sacrifice better. That's all, right? But we pretty much did what we told you, what you told, what God told us for the most part, right? In verse 22, and Samuel said, has the Lord, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? So he says, so you think God's giving you a pass because you're going to make a sacrifice to him. He says, do you think God is, is more important that, that you sacrifice than, a, than you are obedient? He says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken, the word hearken means listen with the intent to obey, than the fat of rams. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. He says, because the Lord has rejected it says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected thee from being king. So he lost his kingship because of slightly being disobedient. Right? They took everybody out, but kept the king. <laughs> right? And the stuff. For what? Sacrifice. Now, we do this. God tells us specifically in the word what to do, and we'll come up with another way and call it a sacrifice and go, well, I'm pretty much doing what you want to do. Right? For the most part. You know, uh, I had somebody that I was cool with. I started talking to him when I really committed to God. You know, we, we, we played basketball together in, a, in this uh, this uh, 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 summer pro league in New Jersey, and he came into college after me. But oops, too much information. I didn't want you to know who it was, but you still don't know who it is because a lot of people came after me in college. But uh, so I'm talking to him, and he's uh, gets a new job, and I'm telling him, "Well, listen, I'm I'm the BC days is over. The before Christ days is over. I don't live like that no more. Not even close. I'm not smoking, no drink, don't hang out, no nothing." And I said, "Now I'm living for God." He says, "Well, I'm pretty much." Living for God, too. See, my job and my job, I do help people. So, in other words, I help people and then I convert that into, see, look at this sacrifice, God. Aren't you pleased with it? Right? I I, I, I do systematic or at my convenience good deeds for people with my resources, but I don't tithe. I don't do what God says, but I go, hey, it's pretty much just like, right, God? 
And the thing is, the, re, the devourer is not rebuked because you did pretty much just like God. It's, it's based on your obedience and your trust in God. Not man, in God. Right? Okay. <laughs> All right? All right, so, 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 <laughs> again, to obey is better than sacrifice, being precise. Now, now, why don't we do this? Because sometimes we can be all over the place, right? We could be in and out, right? See, see, if my life is, is so Sister Jeanette, if I'm tuning my ear to looking for opportunities to be obedient, to hearken, listen what? With the intent to obey. That's what hearken is, right? right. I'm a flow different because I'm looking for an opportunity to be obedient. Right? Because I know the benefit of obedience. Right? The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through his suffering. So even Christ, like, understood the value of obedience. I know in our culture it's considered a bad word. But we're supposed to be in a kingdom, not in our culture. It's a good word in our culture because there's always a benefit on the other side of your obedience. Right? Right? You see that, Right? Right, so, so, so this is what happens. Sometimes we, we lean to our own understanding and we start to add to God's strokes. Well, this is a nice color too, but it's not the color for you. Well, I'm, I, this, I, I'm, I'm gaining a level of success at this. Yeah, but it's not the fulfillment that God designed. Right? You can't sit in peace around the presence of God without being convicted. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not operating in full obedience. So who, you talked about peace this morning, right? Our peace is on the other side of full obedience. Now, how many times have you been disobedient, went down a path and realized, man, I can't, that's this ain't the move, right? And then you stay stuck there because you're like, man, I done blew it now. No, 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 no. That, at that point, you what? You start your obedience. You can't go back in time. You, you, you're, you're obedient from there. You take the next best step from there, which should be obedience. We talk about that GPS, right? Make a wrong turn and don't tell you to back up. Next best step from there, right? You got me? So, so this helps us to not be unstable. The Bible says uh, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? Right. Now, to be unstable is to be restless, right? Um, to not be able to, I'm not in a fix, a fit. I'm in and out of order. Remember the last week we talked about excellence? I'm in and out of excellence, which means I'm not excellent at all. There's no such thing as in and out of excellence. Either I'm excellent or I'm not. Either I'm obedient or I'm not. Either I'm holy or I'm not. It's not an in and out. You know how we say sometimes means no times. I remember I did the thing, um, uh, uh, spinning around circles on the stage. Don't fall. All right, okay. All right, so, so uh, at the, uh, uh, one of the first baptisms we had for the youth, uh, children, it was children, I had a clean bottle of water, right? And so I opened a clean bottle of water and I put a little bit of dirt in it. So, so 
the water was 100% pure, right, before I put the little bit of dirt. So let's say I put, let's pick something, 2% dirt. So pretty much the bottle was now 98% pure and 2% dirty, right? No. That's how it looks, right? No, the whole thing is dirty, right? Just with a little bit of dirt, the whole thing is dirty. But it's something in us that think we got some type of diffusion machine and we can separate the disobedience, the little piece of disobedience, you know, from the pure obedience and go, well, now I'm just a little bit disobedient. You know, and then we got these little phrases, right? God knows my heart. But do you? Right? Oh, I'll leave this up here. So y'all could be thinking about the dirty water. All right, so, all right, so think about it. So double-minded. Now, not, that, to be double-minded, it's from the word dipsuchos, right? Uh, sucos, I'm sorry, dipsuchos. It's two-spirited. Two-spirited. And so a lot of times uh, the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind or in the spirit of your mind. That's your default, what you do without thinking about it. But the Bible also talks about renewing your mind. In your mental ascent, which you agree to. You can hear something today and you can agree, I need to change. But we don't change just because we agree. We change because what we agree to becomes our habit until it becomes our default, right? So we start to practice it over and over and over. I agreed to want to ride the bike. I get on the bike. Mental ascently, I want to ride the bike. But I couldn't keep my balance because I hadn't trained myself to operate in the default of balance. So I had to keep riding the bike, training wheels for a while, right, until now my, my, my inner man automatically got on the bike. And I, like right now, I can ride a bike and be unbalanced. Right, because it's, 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 it's my default. I don't every once in a while get on a bike and I'm balanced. But I can guarantee you, if I stayed in that same initial state of sometimes getting on a bike balance, sometimes being in fear if I'm going to be balanced, I'd be 60-something years old now, right? Still like, oh, oh, hey, hey, put some, some training wheels on there, at least one, so I can lean like I used to do when I was younger, right? Right? But I don't have to do that. Now, are some of you guys still operating that same way in the kingdom? You still need a training wheel or so to keep your balance in, the, in life, right? Wait, now, from, you're still operating as if you first came to the bike. But think about it, we're supposed to cross over to not be two-spirited, but to be one spirit, to be led by the spirit, right? You got that, right? Right, so, so again, when you're two-spirited, you got the spirit of the mind, you got the, the, the mind itself in conflict, off target, inability to lock on to excellence as a lifestyle, right? Um, and, and so what happens is, as we were talking about this and I don't want to grow up, we're fixated on eating from, um, uh, Ms. Lamar referenced this from another teaching that, that we did here, but uh, on, on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, all right, so let's, let's go back in Genesis. And back in Genesis, they were tempted to eat out of a tree. Now, the tree was called what? The knowledge of good and evil. Now, some might say, well, at least I know the difference between knowledge of good and evil. Before they ate of the tree, evil wasn't an option. It was all good, right? 
Now once I've eaten of the knowledge of good and evil, now I have knowledge. The word knowledge means to be intimate with. Now I'm intimate with both good and evil. So at any time, I can choose either one. I could be double-minded. If, if I'm not, if I haven't tasted of, you know, like when you first have sugar, if I haven't tasted of evil, evil is not a consideration. Because my only appetite is what? Good. Right? Now I'm, I'm pulled between appetites. Before you gave that child sugar, sugar wasn't even a consideration. Now it's, do I want sugar or those vegetables? So you, you pulling up the, you know, you, yeah, I understand, right? You know, yeah, like, because you don't gave them a taste of something that they would rather, so their palate changed. Our spiritual palate changes when we're exposed to evil. Now it becomes our appetite. Do you understand? We didn't walk out here being dragged by lust. It started with exposure. And then once we got exposed, now we're considering holiness and fleshliness. I don't know if there's such a word. I just made that up just now, but y'all know what I mean, right? But, but it's exposure. Because once you expose now you're, 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 you're moved by what feels good, not what's best. Right? Two-spirited, right? You got that, right? All right. So you can't operate in excellence and be two-spirit, right? And see, so, so once we, we start to take up this knowledge of good and evil or knowledge of evil, we start adding to God's masterpiece and falling out of excellence. You think about it, when everything was made, God said what? And it was good. It was made with excellence and detail. When man was made, we all got different fingerprints. Look how excellent God was to make sure nobody had the same fingerprints. Nobody's designed exactly the same. That's excellent. He put everything in us so he can get his masterpiece. It's the exposure to evil options, consideration, our own understanding, our own control, our own stubbornness. Some of us have never been free. We don't trust nothing but ourselves. So how are you even going to trust God? Right? And, and you, you don't realize you've resurrected yourself a God above the God. Because you haven't totally presented yourself as a living sacrifice, floated in him and let him work out his masterpiece. See, you say you don't trust man or the man of God or the woman of God. Oh, you don't trust God. Because can't nobody hustle you of God's with you. God before me, who can be against me? But you don't know if God's really for you. Right? Because you have the controls. You're under your own protective custody, right? Or sometimes some of us are under our own protective custody. It's probably a better way of saying it. All right? All right so this, fought, this had us fell, fell out excess. Mr. Lamar was talking about this the other day because his background is chemistry science. And he, he said this. He said, facts can remain in any situation, right? Like if it is fact, regardless of what the situation is, this is a fact. You know, that's a science principle, Right? Um, and then he said this. He said, truth is similar. Right? See, truth can stay in any situation. The only time truth is of no value 
is when it's outside of the will of God, right? So a lot of times for us, truth only is valuable if it's within our comfort zone. If it's outside of our comfort zone, we say it's of no value, but it is a value. It's just for you to stay in harmony with it, you got to leave your comfort zone. The Bible says you have to, you know the truth and that's when you're free. So you have to be intimate with truth. Truth is not going to just sit and live in your comfort zone. It's going to continue to grow into God's masterpiece. And so as it continues to grow, it's almost like you're walking with truth, right? And the truth is here with you. And y'all walking together, right? You're intimate with the truth. You know, because when you're young, you're kind of like, you're right, you're right, right? But then as you grow, now you start to consider other things that deceptive lies. Some of them are the lies you tell yourself, right? And then you keep going. Now, truth is continually going. But you get to a point like, whoa, 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 where you going? Like, I don't know if I want to go there. So you figure because you don't want to go there, truth is going to wait on you. Truth is continuing to go. If you want to be free, you got to stay in harmony with truth. You can't go, no, 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 eh, eh, eh. Like, like right outside your comfort zone, he's got all types of alarms. Eh, eh, panic, panic, panic. The truth, is, hey, hey, I'm going to have to accept something that I've been hiding. Oh, no, no, I'm not going, no. Right, you doing all that, making all, panicking, temper tantrums. Truth is still, truth ain't even flinching. Truth, like me and my grandkids, when they be like crying if they get in trouble. You can come if you want to. You know, I just told my granddaughter, okay, you can sit there and pout. I'm going. You can come if you want to. Now I'm smart enough to be around the corner peeking. <laughs> I was dealing with the pastor's daughter one time. I was doing PE at the school, and she caught an attitude. Uh, this is when I was working at the other church. And uh, oh, I don't do attitudes. So I was like, you can sit over there and pout. So I got all the kids. I said, hey, we're going to go inside to have snacks. And she was sitting off to the side. I ain't moving. So I said, all right, let's go. So now her picture is seeing us. We, we, we done left. Gone. She out there sitting by herself. Now, I kind of looked and was peeking. She ain't know I was peeking because it is the pastor's daughter. And I ain't going to get in trouble, you know. <laughs> I, but sure enough, she got up. She got up and realized, wait, I can sit here and pout? Or I can get up and move. That's the truth of saying to us. All right, okay, you got me there, right? I see, so, so, so this is the thing. So we got to get out of self, our own protective custody, right? See, self, when self, messy, tries to accompany the canvas of service, which is God's masterpiece. See, God set us up to serve. Everything in us is to benefit other people. We shall be what? Like trees, what? Planted by the rivers of water, right? Bring forth fruit, what? In this season, right? Leaves shall not wither. Whatsoever you do, what? Shall prosper. So, wait a minute. If I'm planted, I flourish, I produce fruit. And because I'm producing fruit, whatever I do, prosper. Now, that's what we want, right? But I got to be planted. This is planted. Now, the interesting thing is, when I'm planted, I produce what? For me to eat. Oh, so other people partake of my fruit. So that means everything in me is for other people to benefit. But we run around eating our own fruit. You ever see an orange tree eat its own oranges? 
This is what we do. When, you, when it's all about you, your self-preservation, your own little corner, I got this, my own protective custody, you eating your own fruit. Amen. Your fruit's for somebody else. You got to let them take it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got to let them take it. That tree don't grow unless somebody take that fruit. But guess what? When they take the fruit, the roots draw from a resource that nourishes the tree to produce even more fruit. Right? See, so he said, this is God's masterpiece. He set it up that the more you give away, we're going to get into that. that we're getting that down the road. I don't want to skip into another message. The more you give away, the more he gives to you. He, just set up, he set up a system in the kingdom. Right? Now, of course, if you're not in the kingdom and you're giving in the, you're sowing in the sand, you ain't going to reap no harvest sowing in the sand, going out to the beach planting. <laughs> you ain't get nothing. You got you to plant in the right soil, right? All right, so, so see, this is the thing. Masterpieces are forged in excellent service with an excellent spirit. You, uh, you, you know, I was talking about this today, but you were talking about that earlier, right? Right? See, this excellent spirit, again, not misstrokes. And these mixed strokes are, what about me? When is my turn? That's not an excellent spirit of service. No, no, no. What I do is I take all that I have and I present as a loving sacrifice. I offer it for the kingdom. Now I'm sowing precious seeds, Psalm 127. And the Bible says, you, you'll come back like, like almost crying because of all that God pours on your life. Because now that precious, see, precious seed costs you something, right? It's precious. But a, a seed has no value if it's not sown. And so this excellent stroke is when we cross over from selfish to service. You see what I'm saying? Like, like we're struggling because it's all about us. We are in our own protective custody. We're nourishing ourselves. But we're not getting the... Oranges don't get nourishment nourishment from oranges. Orange trees don't get nourishment from oranges. It's a whole nother source that root root pulls on. It gives away what it produces. We're eating what we produce. (laughs) See, see, so we become double-minded or two-faced. See, so we're presenting faithfulness in another man's with their ulterior motive in secret. You see? It's all about self. I ain't, look, I'm not emptying out. I'll give a little to get, but not empty out and trust God to pour exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. See, excellent spirit is key. Let's go to uh, uh, Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5, right? Again, God's masterpiece is forged with an excellent spirit, right? Because you don't want self-accompanying the canvas of service, right? Right? Which is what the Suttons talked about this morning in our helps meeting. Our helps meeting that was at 9.15, which is the first Sunday of every month, right? Last Sunday of every month. Yeah, this ain't even... To the beginning of the month, duh. All right, so uh, Daniel five twelve. It says, "For for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding 
Interpreting dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belteshazzar, 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 now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. So, so they found an excellent spirit in him where he covered various things. And I might have read that out of another version out of the Amplified. I'm not sure. I didn't write it down here. Daniel 6.3, just for the sake of time, I'm just going to read it. Uh, Daniel 6.3, all this is on video, though. It says, then this Daniel was preferred among presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Oh, hold on. Backdrop. Daniel was a slave. They had been taken captive. See, 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 when we're under our own protective custody, we won't trust God. So, suppose he was fighting the captivity. Now, the captivity is because their entire children were disobedient. So, it was prophesied, oh, y'all going to be taken captive. Right? Remember, you got to let yourself get captured sometimes. So, because it doesn't make a difference if you're enslaved or like Joseph in prison. God can resurrect you from where you're at. But if you don't trust God, you figure you got to protect yourself. Right? From what? Getting played? Now, you've been doing this, protecting yourself from getting played for a long time now. How's it been working for you? Let's be, can we just be honest? How about just today? Let's just be honest today. In your protective custody, have you still been played? Thank you for putting your hand up at least, you know, right? So obviously we do a terrible job at protecting ourselves. Sometimes we don't need to protect ourselves. Let yourself get captured. Here, this dude ends up being a president in a realm that, he, they, like they had a, these presidents and, and, and all these other people, it was their kingdom. Mm-hmm. How did God take you, bring you in an environment, Minister James? There's, there's people been there. There's people that could have elevated. They could have jockeyed for positions. Some people was trying to do that. They could have hustled it all the time. You just show up and get promoted to the top. Because you're rolling with God, not with you. All right? And I'll tell you this. Some of you, some of you are in for a rude awakening. You're in a grace period. And you, you, listen, the Bible says just to live by faith, not grace. Like you can't just live in grace and think you're going to be okay. You're taking God for granted. That grace is about to be lifted. So advanced information. Grace is about to be lifted. You had time to be obedient. Okay? Matter of fact, we, we, we talked about this. Did we talk about this? What did we talk about now? Oh, it was a class. It was class yesterday. Do it now, all right? Yeah, what you waiting on? All right. So this is a class we were just talking about how sometimes we're bringing into the, the past into the moment and we're bringing into the possibilities of the future into the moment as opposed to being in the moment. And we were talking about how the children of Israel, they got that manna, right? And they were told that Get all you need for the day. Get your nourishment for the day. So if you get all the nourishment for the day, it's going it's to flood you into tomorrow, right? 
Well, some of them didn't get all their nourishment because they was like, well, you know, how long this going to last? So they use some of their time gathering the nourishment they need to save up because they didn't know how it was going to last. So let's say they use half of their time. So that means they got half of nourishment. Well, some people were thinking even worse. They, they weren't thinking about the past. They were thinking about the future. Well, how long are we going to be in this wilderness? Hmm. I probably need to save up as much as I can because we might be in this wilderness for a minute. So they didn't get no nourishment that day because they were so worried about not having enough, enough for tomorrow, they didn't get any nourishment. They just kept, because they didn't want to stop and eat and somebody get some of the nourishment that they may need for tomorrow. Right? And so they, they, these fools eating, I'm going to get all my nourishment. They wake up tomorrow, everything they saved was spoiled. But they also didn't have the nourishment for the next day. So they still were stuck in yesterday. And the regret... I could have got all I needed if I used all my time in its moment. See, we adding too much into the moment. What about, what if, remember when? No, no, what about being, being obedient in the moment now? Right? <laughs> right? Remember, give us this day what? Our daily bread. You know why it's set up that way? Because the goal is if you complete all that you need to get today, it, it pours you into tomorrow to get what you need for tomorrow. You don't even have to be figuring out all that other stuff. All right? That's Matthew 6. All right? See, order and excellence, right? Extending yourself beyond no, the, the normal sacrifice of loving service. That means I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm giving myself. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So I live in this place of giving myself. It's not optional. Trees don't go, man, please, man, I'm not, I'm not even feeling it today. Yeah, it's cloudy, man. You know, I don't know why you're coming over here and you get no fruit today, man. You wait till the sunshine. Trees don't operate that way. They live to give. If they're not giving, they're dying. <laughs> We call them trees dead. Hot day, no, no leaves, no fruit, no nothing on the tree. We call that tree dead. It's existing, but it's not producing fruit. No more branches, no more fruit, no more trees, because they ain't giving none of their seeds. No orchard, just that same tree in the same place doing the same thing, and you see a bunch of fruit piled up around it. Just dropping, piling up. Tree got a guard out. Hey, don't, hey, don't touch that. Leave that lawn. I need that. Hey, hey, back up off. Hey, 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 back up off me. I don't know. I can't trust you. And you just got fruit piling up, getting rotten. Because the fruit was designed to be consumed by someone else. The seeds was designed to be sown to produce more fruit. And you just storing it up. <laughs> You're storing it up. Look, the guy that built the barns, he says, you know what? I got a lot of seed. What I'm going to do is I'm going to build some big barns. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to store up my seed, you know. You know, he says, so he builds the barns. He stores the seed. He says, ah, look at that. Look at all the seed I got. And it says, this fool don't realize 
A storm is going to come, and you ain't going to have nothing. You don't even have a harvest coming because you ain't sowed no seed. All right? See, so, so, so there's an excellence and there's an order to things. The Bible says do things decently and in order, 1 Corinthians 14, 40. And, and, and I read this, uh, I'm paraphrasing this from a, a young man, Jim Collins. It says, this kind of commitment is found among the best performers across virtually every field. A single-minded passion for what they do and an unwavering desire for excellence in the, in the way they think and in the way they work. Genuine confidence in the greater one within them. Launching out of the bed in the morning and pushing them through their day with a excellence at every step. So their excitement is the opportunity for excellence, giving excellence in every step that they do. Not sitting around slowful, storing up their energy and their creativity for what? So you guys, you got people, you know, you got these ministers, they grow, they got revelation. They're keeping it to themselves because they can't wait till they get to this platform. I'm going to share this revelation. You know, I'm about to blow up. Ain't nobody heard this. Well, the person that you saw that day at the grocery store was supposed to hear it. Well, I don't want to share it with them because they may use it, you know, on their platforms and blow up. Exactly. You sowed the seed. They got it. Went to their platform. It impacted lives. You just sowed that seed. What type of harvest do you think you're getting? But we just, we, we, yeah, you got your talent. I just hold on to this for when, when I have my opportunity. You got this ingenuity, these ideas. And when I get my, my, my business and my ministry, yeah, yeah, it's going to be up to, I'll give you a little bit, but I ain't going to give you the whole thing because you might really prosper. Exactly. What type of harvest do you think you're going to get? Like we're pastor in the church. We gave everything to the last church for 18 years. We didn't rush out of there. We didn't run out of there. We didn't get mad and leave. We just, we didn't know when we were leaving. We didn't care. In the moments that we're in, we're giving everything. God gave me something, I gave it to the church. Not knowing that if I'm ever going to experience this idea in any other platform. And it impacted that atmosphere. It drew people into the house. Whether it was basketball programs, ministry on campus to football teams or athletes. I ministered to athletes, I sent I brought them to church. I didn't have my little pocket of, this my little space here. I got all these athletes that are either top college professional, they're my people. Nah, hey, you got to come to the house. All season, I'll be sitting there talking to my lunch. I was like, you come to church today, ain't you? Not just so happy that I'm sitting with you and you're talking to me. No, come get what God has. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, whatever God is pouring in me goes through me to whoever he wants to impact. I'm not stopping to, to size it up. No, this is this right here. This is special. I don't know if I want to get this away. I'm not going to hold on this one. Hold on. Let me just, hold on. This, this, this little one for myself. This little gold, these sheep, I'm going to hold on to myself. Here, you had it. <laughs> you had it. I gave you something. No, but did you give your best? What do you want in return for the people that's supposed to help you with your business, your ministry, your platforms? 
You want them to give you their best, their excellence, their everything. But what are you giving? That's going to keep you stuck in time. That's why some of you are stuck in time. You ever, you ever have like good days? What would you say? Did you say something about good days? I've had some good days and some bad days, right? right? You know why? Because the good days are, are when you pump yourself up. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you ever just walk out, hey, man, yeah, yeah. You don't want, now, when you go back at home, if you even get back to the house, you feel bad. But, <laughs> well, yeah, you, you hyping up everything. Because the reality is you hurt. Right? Because I had some good days and some bad. Right? No, no, no. It's all good in God. Amen. Right? But the reason why you can't experience these things and why you're carrying around the front because you're not all in and giving yourself. You're not giving yourself away. Think of Joseph living in the moment regardless of treatment, tragedy, or trial, right? Excellent in his response to every test. No good days, no bad days, no nothing. Just whatever test, I'm excellent. Nah, I'm not sleeping with you. I can't do that against God. I'm locked up. I rise. Look, I'm, in, I'm, I'm a slave even though I'm a king. I rise to the top and be the top slave. I get locked up unfairly because somebody tried to get me to have sex and said I raped them. I rise to the top in prison. I'm forgot about in prison from somebody that got clout with the king and God makes the king have a dream that only I can interpret. I end up being prime minister over everything in a land where I was a slave. Now I got kingdoms coming to me. His response to everything. Versus, they hurt me. Didn't esteem my ego. It's not an excuse to cheat excellence and abort God's masterpiece. It's not about our ego. It's about God's design, right? See, this excellent builds, excellence builds character. I'm, I'm going to close out here. Um, it flushes out our fears, our fronts, and, our, and those forces of the enemy. Excellence flushes out our fears. See, if I just live in excellence, I don't deal with all that mess. See, we've been searching for our fulfillment. It's waiting in excellence, right, in God's masterpiece. We must ask ourselves, what are we doing in the kingdom consistently? We must ask ourselves, what are we doing in the kingdom consistently? We must ask ourselves, what are we doing in the kingdom consistently? Because I'm going to tell you, if we're driving by the kingdom, blessings are going to drive by. You know, blessings are pulling up and go, seems like I'm supposed to be at the location, but you right here. But you sure? I can't pick up the signal. Because the signal is clearer when we're giving ourselves an excellence. Self smothers us and it hides the signal of God's blessings for our life. So now for us to simulate those same blessings, we got to yield to lust. Something that feels good in the moment. Right? You know, you've been in pain and you're like, man, I'm just going to take this medication or something. But the pain doesn't really go away. 
It's just hidden for a while. And then when it comes back, it's later and greater because you just numbed it. You didn't remove it. You didn't heal, right? This is what we do in our lives. We do things for the symptoms because we don't believe we can be fulfilled and our thirst can be quenched, right? And we can really experience the blessings of God. So we just, we, you, you ever just felt like that? Like you ever had a jacked up appetite where you keep grabbing for the fast food and stuff like that, but you're still not getting nourished? You know, you can't get up in the morning. You know, you know you can't get up in the morning because you got all that sugar in you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not anymore. I, I it. Amen, sister. Okay, good, good. Appreciate you. <laughs> she, she was like, yes. But, but, you know, all those starches convert to sugar too. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to do this, but I, I just want to do a whole message on health, right? You know, for all of us, not just for y'all. I need to get myself together too, right? Um, right, but, but what I'm saying is that's, that stuff, because, okay, I was listening to uh, this video, and the guy was just talking about the difference between live food and dead food, right? So he says live food has the electricity in it to fire up everything on the inside. So, so, so power, think about power, right, needs a spark, Right, so when you eat the right things, that's why electrolytes and things like you eat the right things uh, are alkaline things, you know, and live food, it puts the electricity in you. It, it brings you alive. You eat dead food, right, it's, it's cutting off that signal. And so now you find yourself slowful, you find yourself lazy. Now you had fun at dinner at the expense of having the power you need and the want to you need to fulfill your dream. Right? And then now you feel depressed because you're not fulfilled. So now you grab for more what? Stuff that's not designed to give you the power you need for the want to. So, so even as you're going to do, you're doing stuff with aches and pain. You ain't got no bounce. Right? The reason why you ain't got no bounce is because you weighed down with all the dead food. Y'all still think I'm talking about regular food? See, I said, I, I got them. See, I have people thinking about what they was eating. But I want you to think about what you're spiritually eating, too. You eating dead food, so you don't have the power. You eating all the stuff of the world, these philosophies. You know, yeah, it was the earth on the fire. We study all types of sciences, mysticisms, and world religions. So you soak that up. Sciences, mysticisms, and world religions. You soak all that stuff up. You soak all these idols that people worship. You take that in. And you think you're going to live alive and empower and anointing. Signs, wonders are going to happen in your life. Favor or doors opening up. You take a job one day and within a week they give you a $50,000 raise. Oh, that's going to happen to everybody because everybody's setting themselves apart. Now, it happened to him because he's being diligent. Diligent in the word, diligent in time with God, diligent in serving. He's giving himself away to everybody. So that just don't happen to every situation. You, you see what I'm saying? But some of us ain't giving ourselves away at all. But a rude awakening is coming. Because you got advanced information, right? 
God's trying to stroke his masterpiece, and it happens in excellence. It happens in us being excellent. Excellence, excellence don't matter if you don't have to give it away. It's not just excellence for you. <laughs> right? And that's, well, I wonder what's missing. I'm not planted in God's body. The Bible says they that plant in the house shall flourish in the courts. Psalm 92, 13. I'm not diligent in giving to God's kingdom, which I was designed for. He made me. You think he made you for the world? Oh, to save the world, not to be taken by the world. I'm making that up. Well, right after Romans 12, 1, to present yourself as a living sacrifice is Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world. He gave us the hint. Hey, okay, you guys, you're going in, right? Now, listen, now, you guys are on my team. You, I'm going to send you down to the earth realm. Now, listen, hey, hey, now, pay attention. Be mindful to the details, right? Listen, when you go down there, be not conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Because you can go in there and you can get conformed, not transformed, and the world will take over you. But I'm bringing you into the world to take over it. Amen. All right, you got that. Now, now, hey, hey, some rules here. Now, I'm giving you a mind to make choices. I'm going to put in there, your, I'm going to give you a soul that's going to make choice. I'm putting in your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. Now, but it's important what you expose that soul to. Connect that soul to the spirit immediately. Because the spirit is indeed willing. Don't connect it to the flesh because the flesh is weak. Now, what I need you to do is walk with and in the spirit. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is going to try to conform you to the work. Now, 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 listen. You have to be excellent, diligent, and detailed in this so I can get my masterpiece on the earth, which is going to draw people when they see your brilliance. They're going to be so attracted to that masterpiece, they're going to come to you, and then they're going to find me. Because all things you do, you do to my glory, okay? It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about the family and getting people fit in. You got that? We good? You ready to go to the earth round? Okay, ready, break. Are we doing that? Are we eating of the world, drinking of the world? Lusting for the world. And if we're not doing that, we, we're, probably, we're saying we're staying away from the world, right? But we're conforming to self. Everything is self. I'm under my own protective custody. Ah, you can't get me. Ah, you can't get me. You got you. That's worse. <laughs> Stand on your feet. That's all, y'all. That's all. <laughs> Stand on your feet. 